Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the episode two of the Wellbeing Podcast. Uh, well, well, well. Get comfortable with yourself. Today, we're going to be talking about body image and body positivity and how, how that can get affected by social media uh, and news reports. I'm Paul. I'm joined here by... I'm joined by Stein. Hello. And, and by Anna. Hello. And we're three members of the current well-being uh, committee. So I'll start with you, Anna. Why is this topic important to talk about? Um, I feel like this topic is really important to talk about because uh, especially with social media, there's a lot of... Um, well, when I use social media, there's a lot of uh, workout videos and uh, diet videos. And also it shows an ideal body image which isn't really uh, realistic and that is for a lot of people that are uh, on social media a lot is quite damaging so that's why i think body image uh, is really important yeah and i think for me um yeah of course it's a super like current topic um a lot of people that are close to me a lot of friends um either struggle with it or of course are affected by like the image that's always portrayed about what's the ideal body or what we should aspire to look like um so i think it's really important to kind of dive into that and kind of talk about that a little bit here all right cool well uh, let's dive into it let's talk about our own experiences i think somewhat i think i already mentioned uh our own experiences on social media and how that can affect um your own perceptions of this so i i'd say let's Let's get into it. Let's get into our personal experiences. So, Stan, I'll start with you. How has how has social media affected your view of your body or a view of bodies in general? Um, honestly, I think. Well, of course, I think for most people, we have like the same experience, sort of, where you see a lot of models, you see a lot of athletes, you see a lot of just in general general people that are really fit, that are really well trained on social media. Um, um, I think social media can kind of skew your perspective in that way, or at least for me at some point, you almost start thinking that that's the norm, that that's what you should be able to look like, is all these people you see every day in your feed can look like that, so why can't you? thought I had to eat and what was best for my body, even though these people didn't even, they didn't study like dietitians do, so they just shouted their... Uh, meal plans and stuff and I was like okay well if you if I can look like that with eating that and working out like that then maybe let's do that <laughs> yeah. yeah I also had a <clears throat> similar experience when I was younger um, I grew up for four years in Hong Kong and there every year you had to get uh, tested like it, you just went to the hospital and they tested like everything uh, so just like your air, lung capacity your weights your heights um, all that kind of stuff if you're allergic to anything and being um being a european kid in an asian health system i was always obese because they just couldn't understand that my height and my weight was well yeah for, at the time I was, I was i did a lot of sports and i was eating well so I was, I was definitely a healthy kid but for their standards i was always considered overweight and also at school i was always the biggest kid as well so i think for a long time i also struggled with that and i think um this was even before social media was a big thing but then when social media came around as well then you see all these 16, 17 year old kids who are just super buff, and you're like, yeah, this is this is what you know, this is what the ideal body looks like, and this is what you need to be, and this and that. 
And I think um, the biggest thing, the biggest turning point for me was realizing that everyone, yeah, this is going to sound very cliche, everyone's different. Um, there is no ideal body type, you know. It's true, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But it's, it's, it's realizing that just because you have maybe bigger legs than someone or, or bigger thighs, or well, I guess that's legs, but bigger arms, you know, um, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your body. And I think that's something to realize as well. Um, I think also a big problem is what you were talking about is if you get this idea that if you see these influencers and they're like, oh yeah, this is how you should do it, then everyone, all these kids are starving themselves just to try and get that body when it's completely unrealistic and unnecessary. So I think that's something that really needs to be tackled. Yeah, and do you think that for you maybe your view of what an ideal body is like changed when you move places? So when you move from uh, from Asia back to Europe? I think so, definitely. I think uh, in Asia I was very self-conscious about myself and my body. Uh, and moving to Europe I was still like that for a few years. But eventually I realized, I was like, wait, I'm no longer the biggest kid. And... Um, It's also, even, first of all, even if you are, it doesn't matter. But for me, that was the realization of like, it doesn't matter if according to their charts and their scales that I'm overweight. It's like, I know I'm doing a lot of sports. I know I'm eating healthy. Um, so I know from my, for what I want from my body, I'm in a good position. I wouldn't say perfect, but I'm I'm happy with, with what it, my body looks like, I would say. Yeah, and it probably also helps that you still have your family around you who kind of confirms that for you as in it's not just you in that very different cultural environment than what you know and what you yeah, yeah definitely we always every year we went there we were all obese <laughs> all, all four of us <laughs> which is just very funny to think about because it's just obviously very different you know we're comparing to the the average asian asian kid and yeah they're just they're just smaller and we eat it like our diets are just so different that naturally we're just gonna have very different body types yeah that's also Indeed, that's with genetics. I also remember from high school that uh, we had to go to the school doctor and they measured our height and weight and calculated our BMIs. And since not everyone in my friend group was uh, like 100% Dutch or had uh, 100% Dutch genes, they were treated... Um, no, they were treated like they were Dutch, but since their genetics were different they had like unhealthy bmi so that i i know that that affected them pretty much as well okay then i have a question of so i understand the the necessity to test these things um but my question is and is it does it do more harm than good I except think for it always does. you think it does yeah okay. it does do more harm than good in my opinion. Elaborate. Well, first of all, the the when a kid is overweight, according to the BMI things, uh, it's discussed with the kid and not with the parents. And when you're like 14 years old, it's kind of you're like in a uh, in a like age period where you get influenced by things like pretty easily. So when people say to you like you're overweight without even looking at how uh, how your body works, your genetics and everything, it's quite of like damaging and people feel like they're doing something wrong and they should change it. And it 
it would be already a bit better if they just discuss it with the parents or do some further research not just tell the kid oh you're too too heavy <laughs> yeah yeah i um i think i agree with anna um because i also remember from my childhood like of course now i'm still relatively tall but then back when i was younger i was really tall for my age with which also meant that i had to go to the doctors quite often to get measured get weight stuff like that um and i definitely remember from that time that at a lot of points i was also above what was seen as like the normal weight i was a bit like a bit heavier than other kids my age um and i do remember that also even then that does affect a kid quite a lot and as you see now or at least if i do say so myself i think in the end you don't really see that anymore so that i may may have been a bit heavier then but that was so far like before puberty before you start developing your own habits uh, before your body changed into like adulthood and stuff that i think talking to a kid about it at that age and making them conscious of that at that age i think is a lot more damaging than um, encouraging them to just build good habits um to go out there be active without explicitly saying to them hey you might be a bit too heavy or you should watch out with this or that i think it's a lot better to kind of let that develop out and play out and just encourage good behavior but not necessarily make them so aware of the fact that there is such a thing as being too heavy or being too too fat you don't think it's good for these kids to know that i no. think <clears throat> i think to a certain extent it, it, it's also like a good thing though because i think but why because it's also important that um i mean as you grow up right you're faced with reality more and more and i think understanding good habits um in order to understand good habits and what makes a good habit you have to understand what a bad habit is so if you're if they're going down the wrong path it is important to tell them that but yeah but then exactly the, the question becomes is it important to test everyone and like there are i agree there's definitely a better way to handle it than what they're doing now for sure but I think to a certain extent, it is also important to have these tests. I mean, you could also say that they, they run the test just to see and they don't share the data with the kids. But I mean, what's the point of that as well, you know? Well, <clears throat> I kind of agree, but kind of disagree with you because, um, yes, they need to like be learned what the right and what the wrong path is. But like, when there's no complaints in their health of their body, why would you... Like, say, you're overweight when their body functions like the way it it should, yeah, that's you true. know? That's true. So the BMI is, isn't always or is usually inaccurate. And um, just by saying, oh, you don't really... This tiny calculation shows that you're overweight. Um, saying that impacts them, even though maybe that weight... Um, that kid is at that point is their ideal body weight it's the way that they can grow they can play they can just do everything they want and function and yeah be fair. happy that's also true fair well you mentioned something there that i know you want to get into more um inaccuracies in bmi yeah would you care to elaborate uh why is it inaccurate and maybe what's a better measure um well i know that um, BMI was invented by someone who wasn't a m medical person. Um, that person was a mathematician. 
and um, they vetted it in the 1800s and it was with white men um, just not even the purpose of what it's used for now just I don't know why he did it but just for fun maybe I don't know but now it's used for like everyone so uh, people of color and uh, women and like kids uh, while that was not what it was used for and also that person that invented it I don't know the name I'm sorry um, they said that it wasn't uh, it shouldn't be used for uh, measuring people's health um, if that makes sense yeah it says that the guy who invented it is Adolf Ketelet he invented it in 1830 and was a Belgian statistician yeah, and a, like yeah, mathematician. I mean, okay. it's, exact, it's exactly what you said. Yeah, interesting. I never knew that. I never knew that it was actually uh, created by a mathematician. Yeah, and it's also um, people are like against it, and um, but still, it's being used, even though people criticize it like a lot because it also doesn't take body fat percentage and muscle weight in uh, consideration. But it's still used because it. It's just popular or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty. I think that's pretty crazy, actually. Mm-hmm. I never knew it was this. Um, first of all, I didn't know it was this old. Two hundred years. I mean, something is two hundred years and it hasn't developed. Not always a good sign. No. Um, and also, I think it's really interesting that it's not taught about in, um, well, what we call physical education, because mm-hmm. I think. BMI is often used also for top athletes, and it's like, oh yeah, we have this this little BMI percentage and this and that. But I think the negative sides aren't taught, which I think can also uh, be very important. Well, I think it is very important for kids to realize that although it's a test, it doesn't mean very much. No, um, and that's also when you tell a kid you're overweight when the calculation is not representative of their body. It's just, yeah. why would you say that? Yeah, no, true. I never knew it was uh, 200 years old. Oh. Okay. Uh, then we can talk about uh, yo-yo dieting, uh, whatever that is. Do you know what that is, Stan? I think I've heard of the term. Um, and I might be more familiar with it, but I think it really means that you really get into a diet, um, really go for it, then maybe lose some weight, are happy about that, but then stop that diet as well because it's not necessarily a sustainable thing to do in the long run. And then you kind of have a relapse. So you either gain some weight or you get back into like wrong eating habits or like less healthy eat- eating habits maybe, which means you keep going like a yo-yo movement when it comes to your weight, but also your dieting habits. Yeah. Is that true? It's basically, <clears throat> so it's talking about how in weight loss programs, you lose a lot of weight in the first few weeks or whatever time, in, in the beginning time period. And then after that, it's like more slow progress. And then people often... Um, feel uh how do you say this they feel i feel like it's kind of pointless because they're not getting as much progress or they feel a bit demotivated yeah demotivated and then they end up gaining as much weight as they lost so then it's exactly what you said like a yo-yo movement um and yeah and also yo-yo dieting has an effect on the body because bodies have their own set point weights that's the weight at which the body functions uh its best or something mm-hmm. and um, when yo-yo dieting the body is just scared to be uh, malnourished so it just sets the set point weight a little higher just to be sure for times what it's 
um, getting starved again. So mm -hmm. that's the yo-yo dieting just makes your set point weight like higher. Really? That's quite crazy because that basically mm -hmm. so your body kind of anticipates for the next time you're going to do yeah. that by sort of making your baseline weight higher. Yeah, that's So you're true. basically kind of gaining weight then mm -hmm. yo-yo diet. Yeah, your body oh. just wants to survive and it's like, okay, then we need to save some energy for when there's not enough energy. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like, uh, like evolutionary-wise as well. Because mm -hmm. we're used to like, you know, going through winters where we have less food and need more yeah. need more fat to, to get more energy. And then this is a way that our body's like accounting for the yo-yo dieting. Is yeah. there um, a healthy way to diet? Or is diet even the wrong word? Maybe diet culture is too stigmatized. Well, if you feel like you need to go on a diet, I would advise you to go to a dietitian first because they studied for it. They can like look at the way your body functions and at your not your <laughs> BMI, but other things they can measure. <laughs> and then they can look at your lifestyle and what what you feel is not working at its best. And then you can like work on it together if it's necessary. They can also say like, you're perfect. <laughs> Just continue doing what you're doing. I think that's also quite a responsibility for a dietitian to like also have to say like, you don't need to diet. Yeah, but I, I think, well, there's also dietitians that have, like, some experience in psychology and stuff. So they can also, when they feel like people are doing it in a disordered way, they can, like, recognize that and send them to, <laughs> not send them, that sounds really <laughs> bad, but, like, uh, refer them to a psychologist or something. And, well... Or if they like suffer from certain body uh, problems, they can also refer them to like doctors and stuff, so they can examine if it's something, if it has something to do with their weight. So yes, it is a quite a big responsibility, but they can also refer to other um, medical um, experts. Experts, thank you. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it also. Depends on the person, right? Because I mean, what you said, like the dietitian might say, "Oh, you're actually in perfect health, or you, you know, your body's functioning fine." But if the person's like, "Well, my desire is to go to get to lose a bit more weight," then maybe it's also not the dietitian's place to be like, "No, you know, maybe then they have to just cater to the people and be like, "Yeah, if that's the case, then you do this X, Y, and Z." Yeah, but I think it should be um, discussed why the person wants to lose weight because it's always no i can't say always because that's not sure mm -hmm. but mostly. it's mostly the case that people want to lose weight to like fit a certain ideal body image they have in their head so it's not for healthy reasons it's just yeah i think i should be size this and i'm now size this so and i think in the end a dietitian is of course like a medical professional mm -hmm. so they should i don't think they should be giving advice that goes against like what's medically best for a person exactly. if that makes sense yeah no i i know what you're saying but my point is um even if um uh, someone is thinking oh i need to lose weight uh, for this reason yeah yeah 
No, I guess you're right. I'm trying to make my point here, but I think I'm wrong here. Free one stain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Devil's advocate, huh? Um, but I think to a certain extent, being comfortable with your body and being happy with your body also is a priority, right? Because we're talking about happiness um, with, like, yourself. Yeah. So even if you go to a dietitian and, and I like, yo, I'd like to lose some weight because I, I would feel more comfortable in my skin and I'd feel happier. Even if it's, be, you know, subconsciously because of the um, disformed, dysmorphed um, body ideals that we have, I could argue that it's still positive for them to lose the weight because then they feel more comfortable. Maybe... Yeah, the, the, I kind of agree because sometimes people, like, aren't feeling well because... But that's mostly also they're above their set point range. It's more like a range because mm-hmm. it differs from time to time. But um, yeah, then it's maybe also has to do with being like in a good condition. Mm-hmm. What is that? When you fit? Yeah, fit. When being you just being fit. can do sports without dying <laughs> for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of agree. But sometimes w- when people feel like, oh, when I'm like this weight, I'm happy. It, it's never good enough. It's just, oh no, mm. right. now I'm not happy with my thighs. They're still a little too <coughs> fat. 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 Yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe those people will benefit more from talking about it and being yeah, like understanding why they want, like education, just yeah. appreciating your own body and what it does for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's very true. I think then we can go on to the representation in media, because yeah. we're going through a movement now, where um, we're having more models that fit the, how should I say, the not ideal perfect stereotype. Just a realistic. Yeah, body that's type. I'm trying to say. I'm trying to word it in the sense of what we used to see as ideal. Mm-hmm. They go against that. Yeah. So the the disformed idea, so more realistic indeed. Yeah. Um. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I think it's great because honestly, looking at magazines, looking at what runway shows look like, it's so it's so not representative of what of the people that will in the end actually be wearing this or buying the clothing that's on display. So why would you not show them bodies that will actually be wearing it? So yeah, that's true because models have a job. Their job is to look like that and wear the clothes that fit them, like the ideal way and that's not possible if you're like a mom or a dad with kids working it's not uh, natural to look like that for most people and then different groups also have different um ideals you know men women people from different places different cultures yeah and mostly it's measured the like the body image ideal body type is measured within white western rich people while um, from other cultures the body types are like ideal body types differ a lot yeah no i think uh different different body types and different ideals for different cultures is definitely something um that the media often has failed to do it's often been in within the western society as you said um i yeah, think and it's also within movies when there's um for example indian actresses they're mostly um with a body type that fits the 
um, the Western ideal body type. It's not represented in the way they, well, they sound a little not good, but <laughs> mm-hmm. the way Indian people really look like. Right. Yeah, no, I think different, um, but I think the most important thing for different cultures as well, and this kind of leads on to our next topic, um, is different diets. So we also, talk, we also talked about diet culture, um, but maybe we, sh- we can talk about eating disorders and how those uh, are portrayed in the media and how those are talked about and stigmatized. Yeah, so the news often like uh, says that the like the rate of people with eating disorders is increasing, which is also partly due to social media um, is said. Um, but when the news has a piece on eating disorders, it's mostly well when they interview someone with an eating disorder, it's mostly like the young. A white skinny girl that's almost dying with no meat, just bones and stuff. While that's not representative for um, the yeah people with eating disorders because um, these people mostly suffer from anorexia. While the um, the highest um, no the eating disorder that most people suffer from is a binge eating disorder but it's kind of stigmatized because well anorexia and binge eating disorders are are viewed uh, viewed really differently like anorexia is an illness it's really bad and everything while uh, binge eating disorder is just someone that can't stop eating it's just they're weak while people with anorexia are viewed as strong but in a wrong and unhealthy way if that makes sense. That's almost ba- almost like maybe it's very like harshly put, but almost like anorexia is something that's sort of like glorified almost yeah. isn't like, oh, these people are like so brave or something. Whereas mm-hmm. people with like other disorders such as like binge eating are mm-hmm. weak or are can't control themselves. That's true. Yeah, that's also on TikTok. Like, um, it's um, really easy to be on TikTok and just get into the eating disorder content. And then it's like mostly people that starve themselves because that's that's um, cool. That's good. It's impressive that you can stop yourself from eating while overeating is viewed as weak indeed. While that's just as much as an eating disorder as anorexia is. And in some ways, does that still stem maybe from the fact that we see being thin as something that's good and something that's yeah. worth to aspire to, whereas being fat or eating a lot is something that we kind of look down upon? Yeah, I think that you're right, yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting <coughs> is that if we look at it in a historical context, being fat used to be a good thing. Yeah. Because it meant that you had a lot of money to yeah, spend on food. Yeah, I read somewhere since when that changed or something. There was a reason for the change, but I don't remember. No. But my next question is then, um, what? what's the next step forward? How do we change this? Is Because we talked about the representation in media and how that's being changed, um, how people are criticizing the BMI and yeah. how social media is becoming more aware of it. How? What's the next step forward into improving body image 
do you think? Do you think we keep going how we're going, or do you think something drastic needs to happen? Yeah, no, I think um, there's definitely, like, a lot that can be won when it comes to, like, people being conscious of the fact that there's a lot of ways in which your body can be healthy and that there's so many more things than obsessive diet culture or obsessive working out to aspire to a certain body type. Um, but I think there are certain groups of people where, like, this idea has landed a bit more already. I think that's people that are a bit more progressive, that very in touch with like current pop culture with social media maybe also that i think it also comes with age at some point that at least for yourself you're starting to accept yourself a bit more um even though these people can still sometimes be quite harsh on others um or at least that's what i sometimes notice but i think it's like the broader awareness of like body positivity and like how to have a healthy relation to your body image, I think there's a lot that we can win there still. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Also, today I was with my grandma and we were in a shop and this uh, person that's the owner of the shop knows her really well. And he the first thing he said was, oh, I didn't recognize you because I thought you, th well, did you lose weight? And it was his way of complimenting her, and it was. I felt yeah. so annoyed <laughs> that I just I just walked away and I let them talk because why would that be the first thing to say? Not like oh you have a nice I don't know outfit or whatever. It was a clothing store, so you could just say something about the outfit. But no, it was. Oh my god, did you lose weight? It it, it really annoyed me. That's true. It's so it's there, often there th and that these two people. I'm sorry, Grandma, but <laughs> they were old. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you, you, I agree with your point. Because uh, if you uh, also if you think about it, most often like the compliments that people get or give, one of the first ones are, "Wow, you look good. Did you lose weight?" Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. that's yeah. often one yeah. of the first things that gets asked. And also, that's when people have like uh, a natural, uh, naturally uh, bigger body type. When they lose weight. Uh, because of disordered eating they get complimented and that's really really damaging yep. because then it's it fuels the eating disorder like oh now people think you look good maybe let's make it even better yeah or worse actually yeah actually <laughs> yeah. it's worse but the yeah. eating disorder i think yeah. is better okay but speaking of people with uh, eating disorders and we talked about uh portrayal of, of body image in the media um where can people with these disorders get help? You know, what are the kind of resources that people can reach out to? I know you guys have some information on that. Um, well, first of all, it's important to talk about it because you are valid and your struggles are valid. Uh, but um, to get help, you can uh, go to your GP. They can refer you to um, the help you need, like psychologists and dietitians and everything. And all otherwise, there's also human concern uh, national eating disorder association um leontine house that's in dutch but yeah for the dutch listeners and um if you're really in need you should call like uh one no zero eight hundred one one three isn't that's it zero eight hundred zero one one three yes zero eight hundred zero one one three for clarification yes if you're thinking about ending uh, your life um, 
just know that talking about it really helps. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't feel like you can talk to anyone about it, you the can well also being, come to us. The well-being committee is here for you. We also have two confidants in Storm, Samuel and Tamara. So feel free yes. to reach out to those. They have training as well, professional training. Uh, but we are also here for you if you need to. And um, yeah, is there anything you guys would like to add? We love you. We love you. <laughs> yes. All right. Then this is a better place than any to round up, wrap up our podcast. Thank you for listening to the Well, Well, Well podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we'll see you back next month. <laughs> if uh, if we upload on time. <laughs> That's always the question. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments what you guys want us to talk about next month. Like and subscribe and all that shebang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Later. Oh, yeah. All right. Ciao.